Thanks again for joining us for our weekly podcast. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can go to tryonhwc.com for more information. If you'd like to give and support the ministry of Harvest Worship Center, you can do so by going to the same website. We would like for you to come and join us in person sometime. We have two services on Sunday morning, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And during this time, we want to assure you we are taking extreme safety measures so that you and your family can be safe attending church. But if you're not comfortable doing that, you can tune in on YouTube or Facebook or join us for our podcast. God bless you and have an awesome day. To what we want to talk about today. Um, I am continuing my thought of the revival of the mind. We've been in the revival series now for several weeks, and so now we are moving into uh, the last couple of weeks talking about uh, what it means, the battle of the mind, the revival of the mind. Um, so much happens here. If you understand the process in James, uh, James walks us through that temptation begins in the thought processes. Uh, and if we can get our thoughts reined into what the Holy Spirit wants, if we can get our our mind reined in to what God wants, we can cut that off at the uh, at the beginning. But if it it festers, it becomes eventually acted out on, and that is when it becomes sin. The Bible says. So just because you have a bad thought doesn't mean you're you're a sinful person. It's when we act out on those thoughts and we begin to dwell and entertain and feed those thoughts. And so we're going to continue in on that line of thinking today. Um, again, our anchor verses are found in Romans uh, 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. And uh, we're going to read those real quickly. Uh, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone uh, who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised uh, Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. And we want to, uh, we're, we are moving into part two. We talked about the two mindsets over the last few weeks. Um, um, where uh, our minds are torn between flesh and spirit. There's, in other words, uh, Paul lays it out in Romans 6 and 7, says the good I would do, I don't do it, but the evil that I wouldn't do, I find myself doing that. Um, evil seems to come natural to us sometimes. Doing the wrong thing seems to come natural to us. Why? Because we fail to realize that we are just as much a spiritual person as we are a physical being. In other words, your spiritual man is just as real as your physical person. But the problem is the spirit is something that we fall out of touch with. We, we don't go around nurturing the soul. Um, in the mornings, how many of you are ready to eat some breakfast? Or, you, know, uh, you get hungry, you go eat. You, you, you know, you, if you're cold, you, you either put on a blanket or you turn off the air conditioning if you're, uh, uh, or turn on the heat. You, you take care of the physical because 
that is what you're used to. It's tangible. You can touch it. You can feel it. But the spiritual man, a lot of times, is neglected. And we want to talk about feeding the spiritual man today, what it means to nurture the spiritual being that is within us. Because why do we know there's a spiritual being? Because way back uh, in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that God formed man of the dust of the ground and then breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So he became uh, not just a physical being, he became, but he became a spiritual being. Uh, all of uh, all the rest of creation, uh, if we, if, you know, if you don't buy into Eastern philosophies and Eastern religions, hate to tell you, your your cat, your dog, they don't have a soul. Um, they are physical beings. Uh, the cow out here in the field, physical being, but it does not have a spiritual soul. Man is the only part of creation that God gave a soul. And that soul, the Bible says, when we, when this mortal body dies, the soul returns to God whom gave it. Okay? And there that soul is judged according to what we have done here in this life. So today uh, we talk, uh, we, we've, we've talked about and established that we are either walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh. Amen? Uh, and one of the greatest trials I think any of us can to test the spiritual man is, you know, in January we do a 21-day fast. How many, if you've ever participated in that 21-day fast, you realize your physical man has a lot of de- demands on you. And demands a lot out of you, but but if you stick it out, how many have found that that there's a place you begin to walk in with God that that is that you can't find unless you do something like that? It's an amazing journey. You say, is there Bible precedents for that in the Book of Daniel? Uh, all, all, actually, Jesus taught fasting, so it's all in the Bible. So, but that's not what we're talking about today. If you got questions on that, please please see me about that. So today, let's talk about the indwelling of the Spirit, or verses nine and, and, and ten is what we're. We're going to focus on. Let's read that again. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Now, he's not saying they're out of body. Okay, what he's talking about is a state of being. In other words, he's saying you're more in tune with your spirit than you are your flesh. And so he's making a distinction here with the Roman church. And he's saying, look, you are walking in the spirit. In fact, he goes on to say, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. And we're going to go into that in some depth in just a minute. But he says, in fact, you, you, there's more than just walking with the spirit. The spirit's in you. Okay? It's in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And again, I feel like I need to define a little bit what the Bible means when it talks about death. Death to the Lord is separation from him. Death to the Lord is someone who does not know him as Savior. They're dead. And in other words, he's saying, but if Jesus has come into your life, there's life in you. There's life in you. There should, and no longer are you dead to God, but you're alive. Amen? And I don't know if you're here this morning, uh, this early, but how many would just say, I'm alive because of Jesus today and give the Lord a little bit of praise. Amen? I'm alive because of him. We need to recognize that. So again, after speaking objectively about the two types of mindsets, either the flesh or the spirit, Paul addresses the readers directly in verses 9 and 10, and he says, you, however, and this is a first-class condition that is assumed true. In other words, he's assuming that the ones that are reading this are walking in the newness of life. 
Okay, he's he's assuming that they are they are are walking with him. He says a, a test of whether or not they have faith in the indwelling presence of the Spirit. You can be certain of the eternal salvation of eternal salvation if the Spirit of God dwells in you. In other words, there's a lot of people that doubt their salvation at times, and they they doubt whether they're saved. Now, if you're out here living like a a a, a, a sinner and you're doing everything wrong, you're separated from God. But I'm talking about I know some good people that are doing the best that they know to walk with God and they have those doubts. Anybody in this room ever doubted whether they were going to heaven or not? I have. I, I, I have those doubts. I have those fears. But the fact is we can be assured if we are indwelled by the Spirit, there is a constant insurance that God gives us that our destination is true. That our salvation is in Him. And we need to understand that. And it's those who walk in the Spirit. We're going to talk about that. You can't walk in a fleshly mindset when you walk in the spirit that's the difference the flesh will feed the flesh the flesh will give over to sin but the spirit will always lead us to life if anyone does not have the indwelling of the spirit it doesn't matter their profession it doesn't matter if you attend church regular you're not going to heaven if you're not saved that's the basic thing he's saying if you're not saved, you can't go to heaven. doesn't matter how religious you are. doesn't matter if you pray over every meal. doesn't matter if you say your bedtime prayers. If you have never got on your knees and humbled yourself before God and admitted your sin to Him, you don't have to admit it to me, but confessed it to Him and said, Lord, forgive me, then you're not saved. That's what he's saying. You've got to be saved. You've got to know him. You, you can go through all the religious rhetoric you want to. You, you know, it's sad, but... I have a family member. I have a family member that knows the Bible probably better than anybody else in the whole family. And, but they don't claim salvation. Isn't that sad? They don't, they don't claim Jesus as their Lord, but they yet they can quote you Scripture left and right. Let's look a little bit deeper into 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And we need to realize something. When the old is gone, the old is gone. Amen. How many of you have ever traded a car in on a new car or a, new, or a newer vehicle? You've traded a car in. After about a month, I've went back to that car lot and put your keys in that car because you had you kept a key and you drove off and just went for a ride off and just went for a ride in the car that you traded in. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. You're gonna see some blue lights. And you're going to go to jail because you stole that car. No, I didn't. I own that car. No, you traded it in for a new car. Now the ownership of that old car belongs to someone else. And you are in a new car. Listen to what I'm saying to you today. God says when you come to the cross, you're trading in who you were for a new life. And when you are walking in a new life, you don't have any rights to test drive the old. Are you following me this morning? Leave the old under the blood. Leave the old to go to the scrapyard. Leave the old to be gone and, and not talked about again. In other words, no more joy rides in the old life. But let's walk in the newness that he has made us, a new creation. And, and, and I, I have found, especially during this season of time that the world is walking in, people are longing for a fresh start and a clean slate. They're looking for a new beginning. And I'm here to tell you what I'm offering you today, what I'm sharing with you today, is that God wants you to walk in a new life. Trade in the old. And walk in the new. Aren't you thankful for that today? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The new has come. 
God's wanting you to walk in the newness of life. The opposite, the opposite, however, is also true. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not or she does not belong to Christ. Since only the Holy Spirit gives spiritual life, a person cannot be related to Christ apart from the Spirit. And, and, and I found that a lot of churches are really good at teaching salvation, and I'm thankful for that. And they teach about, the, about Jesus, and I'm thankful for that because it is only through the name of Jesus that we're saved. But the third person of the Trinity is ignored for the most part. We don't realize how much the Spirit is involved in us once we have received Christ as our Savior. The Spirit takes over in our lives. In other words, He is now dwelling with us and walking with us. We have a newness of life. The difference between the Spirit being in you and being baptized in the Holy Spirit are two different things. Did you realize that? In other words, let's look into John today. John says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Or Jesus said that. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, a comforter, to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let's say this again. For he dwells with you, Jesus said, but he will be in you. In other words, God's ready to do something on a deeper level. How many of you want God to take you to another level in your walk with him? You want to go to a deeper life in him. You want to walk in a deeper experience. Uh, How many of you, uh, now you may have some people terrified of water in here. I don't know if you are, but I'll never forget when I got released at a summer camp to finally swim in the deep end. Boy, I thought I was somebody then. I could jump off the diving board. I could, I, could, I, I, I could swim in the deep end. I could go all the way down and, and touch the bottom of the pool and come back up. And I didn't have to worry. I was released to live. Look, some of us, we're still splashing in a spiritual kiddie pool. And God is saying, I'm ready for you to experience the newness of life, the deepness of what I have for you. The psalmist declared, deep calls unto deep. The depth of God calls out to the depth of who we are. God has something more for us than just an experience of religion. He has a relationship that he wants you to experience. And look, again, he wants us to get on some solid food. Amen? Amen? There's, you know, something's wrong if a baby doesn't move eventually to solid food. They can't get the nutrients they need just off of milk. Can't do it. They've got to have more than just milk to survive. They've got to move into solid food. How many of you have ever been sick and you couldn't eat anything solid, and you were so thankful the day you didn't eat, you know, you didn't see another spoonful of broth. You were so glad that all of a sudden you could eat something a little more solid. Look, God is saying, look, you have, you've, you, you've nursed along for a while. Now it is time for you to experience the depth of who I am. Oh, come and taste and see that the Lord is good, the Bible declares. We want the depth of God to operate in us. Amen. The death of God's Spirit to operate in our lives. He says, you know Him, for He has dwelled with you. Now, He wants to be in you. He wants to saturate. Now, again, this is a great scripture for those who say that the Trinity doesn't exist. Then, guess what? Uh, You know, uh, Jesus was schizophrenic then. Because He's talking... (laughs) 
(laughs) He's making a distinction between himself and the Holy Spirit. He's making a very clear distinction here. In in, in other words, later on we'll read that he goes a little bit deeper in making that distinction. Being filled is is also a repeated experience. and, and, And look, whether you know it or not, you stumbled in a Pentecostal church today, so don't get too scared. We're not going to freak you out. But you're in a Pentecostal church. And we believe in the power of the Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We believe that Acts chapter 2 was not just for the, the apostles' day, but it's for the day we live in. In other words, if, if Acts chapter 2 does not apply today, then John 3.16 doesn't apply today. Did you know that? Because it's just as much Bible. Just as much Bible. And so I want you to understand something today. Um, a lot of people get freaked out when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Oh, what y'all going to do? Y'all going to start speaking in some unknown tongue, and you're going to start running the aisles, and you're going to start, look, I'm not propagating all that today. What I'm trying to tell you is there's something, if, if, if you want more, how many just want more of God? And if God is offering more, why wouldn't you want it? Why wouldn't you want it? If he's saying, I've got something deeper for you, why wouldn't you want it? Amen? God wants you to have the deeper things of Him. In other words, but for those of you that understand Acts chapter 2 and you've experienced Acts chapter 2 in your life, I want to share this with you today. It's not one and done. In other words, this word being filled with the Spirit is actually one word in the Greek, and it is a continual process. It's a, I'm constantly being filled with the Spirit. I'm, I'm filled, yes, I'm baptized in the Spirit, but I am constantly being filled. In other words, how many of you in your spiritual experience, your spiritual walk have ever felt empty? Come on. I have. I have. But guess what? God wants me to walk with a cup that overflows. God wants me to walk in life with an overflow. He says, out of, your, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And later, if you read on, he says what? This he said concerning what? The Holy Spirit. This he said concerning the Holy Spirit. In other words, he wants there to be a continual filling of the Spirit in your life so that you are making godly choices, godly decisions, and God wants you to walk with him. Amen. Being filled by the Spirit is something that continually happens. Being filled can be uh, uh, for a specific time or a specific purpose. Acts 4 and 8, Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders. In other words, Peter didn't address the people until the Spirit of God rose up in him, welled up in him, filled him up, and all of a sudden he spoke. Amen. How many times have we, uh, have we spoken to situations and made it worse? What would happen if we would take the time to pray and say, Holy Spirit, fill me up so that the only thing coming out of my mouth is from you. The only thing God addressing this situation is you. The only thoughts that I can have are of you. God, fill me up so there's no room for anything else. Oh God, you just don't realize I struggle with lust. I struggle with addiction. I struggle with fear. I struggle with doubt. Oh God, fill me up so nothing's left but you. Push it all out. Push it all out. I remember seeing an illustration online. Uh, uh, a minister was given, and some of you maybe watched it, where he had a bunch of ping pong balls, and, and, and uh, they were in this jar, and he began to fill that jar up. And the more he filled it up, the more the ping pong balls kept po- you know, popping out of it. Why? Because the more he filled it up, there was no room for the ping pong balls. They just kept, yes, and he said, that's the thoughts, and that's the sins, and that's the th- doubts, and that's the fears in our life. Some of us, we are just, just 
plagued with these things right now. And God's saying, oh, if you would just get in the fountain, if you would just get into that, that, that shower of my spirit, I will fill you up so there's no room for anything else. Amen. And let's be honest, there's been room for a lot of else in some of our lives. And God's saying, I'm ready to fill you up. Amen. He was filled up in, with the Spirit and he addressed the elders. Amen. Being filled is for all believers, but we must be yielded to the Spirit of God. What does it mean to yield to the Spirit of God? We immediately, uh, immediately we can apply actually the, the, the road law. Uh, what does it mean to yield? To slow down, prepare to stop. Some of us, we are full speed ahead in our lives and we haven't consulted the Holy Spirit on what He wants. And He's saying, if you're going to listen to me, if you're going to be filled with me, you need to slow down and prepare to even stop where you're at so that I can speak to your life, so that I can speak to the situations. In other words, I'm going to go have this job whether, I, whether, whether God wants it or not. Guess what? God may not want that for you because He has something better for you. God, I'm going to be with this, you know, I'm going to marry this person or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And God says, if you would just slow down and stop. I'm going to speak to the situation in your life. Amen. There's a lot of people in financial ruin today because they didn't slow down, stop, and listen. Amen. They just wanted it. Amen. Anybody in the room ever made an impulse purchase? Anybody regret that impulse purchase? Come on. Yeah. God says, I want to control your impulses, whatever they may be. And you have to slow down and prepare to stop. Amen. You say, oh, I don't know if that's Bible. Because we're supposed to run. We're supposed to walk. But it also said, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Sometimes we have to be prepared to stop and be still so that we can hear God. Sometimes we have to cancel the noise of the world so that we can listen to what the Spirit is saying. Amen. You know, I never realized how much I loved noise cancellation earphones until I got a set. They're awesome. I can't hear anything but what I want to hear. All that God would give us, and well, He has given us some spiritual noise cancellation earphones that we can, we can drown out the noise of the elections right now. Oh, can I get an amen to that? We can drown out the noise of COVID-19 right now. We can drown out the noise of the fear mongers right now and those who can only propagate gloom and doom in this world. Oh, that we could just be still and know that the Spirit of God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be a against us. If God is on our side, what would we, do we have to fear? Oh, that we could cancel the noise and hear the Spirit. And hear the Spirit. Amen. In other words, we can, uh, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we, if we don't learn to yield and slow down and, and prepare to stop, do you realize because of our disobedience to God, anybody ever disobeyed God? As a matter of fact, anybody disobeyed God this week? I will raise my hand. Okay, and, and you say, oh, you must have been out really having a lot of sin. Well, disobedience is sin. Okay, it can be as simple as, Phil, come pray. Take time to pray. Well, Lord, I'm really busy serving you right now. I'm really busy doing work for you right now. I didn't ask you to do that. I asked you to spend some time with me. It can be as simple as that. 
of not obeying God. In other words, disobedience will dam up the river of life in our lives or the spirit in our life. Did you realize that? It'll stop us from hearing God and feeling that flow of the spirit and walking in that newness of life. What is that flow of the spirit? How many remembers the day they got saved? The day you got saved, you loved everybody at that moment. Now that moment fades. Come on. But at that point, at that moment, the love of God was so overwhelming, it didn't matter who was in the room with you. It didn't matter who you saw. You were overwhelmed by the presence and the love of God. In other words, guess what? If we're not careful, what, that, that is, that's what it means to feel the flow of the Spirit of God in your life. But how many have ever went into a church service and felt nothing? How many have ever went through a worship service and others are feeling? You look over and somebody's just tears streaming and hands raised and you're thinking, I would love to feel that, but I feel nothing. I'm numb. In other words, if we're not careful, our disobedience can wall off or dam up the river of life in us. Amen? And, and the only way to, to remove the dam, the only way to break the dam and let the Spirit, the river of the Spirit begin to flow in us again is for us to repent. There it is. You knew I was going to get there, didn't you? We've been there for several weeks. It is for true repentance to take place in our lives. And it is more than just saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is more than just saying, God, I didn't mean to do it. Repentance is an about face, a change of direction, saying, God, I don't want to test drive my old life anymore. But I want to walk in the newness of life. Amen. Being filled brings us a powerful walk of faith in our lives. In other words, we begin to turn to faith over fear. We begin to turn, in other words, freedom from fear. Boy, I still feel such a grip of fear in our world right now. I still feel such a grip of fear in church right now. Not necessarily in this room right now. I'm talking about in the church, which is God saved people all over this world. I see fear in them. And I want you to know God saying, I want you to have faith. Now, faith is not, you know, faith is not equivalent to foolishness. I think a lot of times people think, Faith is being foolish. Faith is not being foolish. But faith is understanding that God is in control and there is nothing I can do to change the situation that the world is in right now, but I can turn to my God and I can repent and have the freedom of the Spirit flowing through me that fear finds its place at the altar instead of in my mind. Freedom from fear. In other words, when we are free from these things, when, when, being filled, uh, when we're filled with the Spirit, it brings us into a place of Galatians 5, and 23, which is the fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned here. In other words, love, joy, peace, forbearance, gentleness, self-control. How many would agree with me right now that our world is in need of those things? Come on, let's talk about it again. How many would agree our world needs a little more love in it right now? How many would agree our world needs a little more joy right now? I am so sick of sadness in the church. Oh, we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, but there's bad things going on. I'm here to tell you, there's bad things have always been going on. It's just hit home lately. Bad things have been going on to, to people who love God for centuries now. But I'm here to tell you, we can have joy in the Lord knowing that no matter what tomorrow holds, I know who holds my tomorrows. I know who's in control of things. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Joe Biden. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. It's not the independents. It's my God, King Jesus. He's in control. That's joy. 
That's joy. An understanding of who is in control of these things. Amen. How many would agree we need a little more peace? Amen. Aren't you sick of the turmoil? I ain't, I'm not even talking about the turmoil in the world. I'm talking about the turmoil within the body of Christ. We need to repent of that. We need more peace to operate among us. That the peace of God that passes all understanding that shall never fade away will flood into our lives that comes with the filling of the Spirit. How many would say we need a little more forbearance? There, that word translates in some of your Bibles, long-suffering. Or it means to suffer long. In other words, learn to deal with the fact that some people are just knuckleheads. <laughs> Can you say that in church? I just did. Anybody ever? One of the best books I ever read years ago was How to Deal with Jerks in the Church. <laughs> World's full of people. We got to deal with that. Amen? And how do we deal with that? We got to have forbearance. We got to learn to put up with a few things. Amen? We do it on our jobs. We do it, we do it in our schools. Amen? We don't get along with everybody we work with all the time. Sometimes we have to have a a tolerance or a forbearance or suffer along with them. How many would agree we need a little more of that? Amen? We need a little more of that. What about gentleness? Or or the translation is a gentle spirit. We need a gentle spirit. There's so much harshness in this world right now. You see, the fruit of the Spirit manifests when we are fully undamming the river and allowing ourselves to be filled with the Spirit continually. Then all of a sudden, the fruit of the Spirit begins to take root in our life. And the fruit of the Spirit brings about these things, gentleness. And then this one. Oh, get ready. Tell somebody beside you. Better hold on. (laughs) Self-control. Self-control. I'm not going to ask how many of you bought toilet paper every time you go down the aisle. Self-control. I'm not, you know, it's coming. They're going to steal all the trees. I don't know. Anyway, self-control. Overindulgence. I shared with you in the beginning of this series that we are addiction-driven in this, in this country. And I'm not talking about just drugs and alcohol. I'm talking about we are entertainment-driven. There's people that don't know what to do. And, and look, I'm all about having some football. But if they cancel football, some people, it's the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. And I love football. Man, I'm, I'm really hoping we, we get to see some football. Okay, I'm tired of watching reruns when I know, of, of football games, and I know what's going to happen. Ready to see some live action. How about you, Any, anybody in the house? Okay. Let me just say this. If that was to be canceled tomorrow, then we, un- we need to understand the world doesn't end. we got to have some self-control, people. And I don't know about you, but self-control does not come because I will it, wish it, or want it. Self-control comes when I'm yielded to the Spirit and I'm listening to the Spirit of God and I am allowing Him to fill me to the point of overflow. To the point of overflow. Amen. Real quickly, um, it also releases the gifts of the Spirit to be operated freely in the church. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10 says, well, you know, words of wisdom. How many, think, how many could use the word of wisdom in their life right now? So I, I, wanna, I want some wisdom. I don't want your good ideas. I want some wisdom in my life. How about a word of knowledge? Okay, I, I wish I had time to preach all these, but that's a whole other series. Uh, how many could use a little bit of supernatural faith? In other words, uh, we, we're, we're, like, we're like the apostle who said, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Help me, Lord, that area of me that's doubting. Lord, I want it to go away. When we walk in the Spirit, we can have supernatural faith. How about healing? Do we need healing in this world? 
physically, spiritually, and emotionally. We need healing. What about miracles? Miracles aren't dead, my friend. Miracles haven't ended. They're still taking place every single day. Every single day. Well, prophecy. Prophecy is not so you can, but so many times people mistake the word prophecy for, uh, you know, oh, I, I, I'm going to find out. Uh, let me find a prophet and see if I'm going to win the lottery on my next scratch off. That's not prophecy. That's fortune telling. Okay. Prophecy is the declaration of what God is about to do. And that can be good and it can be bad, but it's foreknowledge that is released into the body of Christ. How many would like a little bit of, of a floodlight every now and then? Amen, a glimpse of what could be. Discernment. Do we need discernment? Come on. Some of you right now, you're discerning whether you should have something really bad for lunch or eat a salad. Discernment. God, give me, give me a, in other words, we need discernment on who, Lord, I want discernment in my relationships. I want discernment in my job opportunities. I want discernment when it comes to disciplining my kids. Come on. God, give me discernment. I want to do what is right. And then tongues and interpretation. And tongues not only means an unknown tongue, but this means uh, the operation to, to, to be able to speak into situations in someone else's language. You say, that doesn't happen. It does happen, and I've witnessed it happen. And then interpretation. Not just the interpretation of those unknown tongues, but the interpretation of what is going on. Insight into what. How many of you want to know what's going on in the world today? In other words, I'm not talking about what Fox News or CNN is telling you is going on, but you want an understanding of the times you live in, a spiritual understanding of the times you live in. Do you realize that comes with walking in the Spirit? That comes with flowing and, and allowing the flow of the Spirit in my life and the filling of the Spirit in my life. I can have, this, I can have a, a, an interpretation of the times I live in. The person who gives no evidence of the presence of the power of the fruit of the Spirit cannot expect the gifts of the Spirit to operate in their lives. In other words, if there's no fruit, why would God give you those supernatural gifts of the Spirit if you don't have love, joy, peace, forbearance, long-suffering, come on, uh, gentleness and self-control? He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. But if we want those things to operate freely in the body of Christ, there must be a, an, an undamming of that, of that river in our lives. In other words, there needs to be a flowing of the Spirit in us. How does that happen? That only can happen when you and I fully yield ourselves over to repentance. God, whatever may be in my life that is unpleasing to you, bring it to my attention so that I can bring it to the cross. Bring it to my heart that, Lord, it wouldn't stand against your spirit filling me up every day. Will you stand? Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God created you and I to walk with the spirit, but also to have the spirit dwell in us. Amen. Jesus told the disciples, he said, what, I have to go away. But it's good for you that I'm going away because I'm not going to leave you orphans. I love that language, don't you? He said, I'm not going to leave you an orphan, but I am going to send another, a helper, a comforter, and he will dwell in you. He will dwell in you. I am thankful that he dwells with us, but how many would say, oh, I need his presence in me. <laughs> I need his presence in my life. Amen? It's kind of like, uh, you know, when I was dating my wife. It wasn't long before I decided I would like her to be my wife. 
But it took us doing what? Not just getting a marriage license, but going and standing at an altar and making a covenant before God to make her my wife. In other words, I wasn't happy with the relationship of just knowing her. Are you following me today? I wanted her to be in my life. Does that make sense? Are you following me today? And so to do that, it took a step. And that's called marriage. Can I go to heaven without the indwelling of the Spirit? Absolutely yes. Those who are saved will go to heaven. But in the times that we live in, I want all of God that He's offering. I need all of God. I can't function without all of God in my life. How about you? And so today, what I want to invite you to do, if you're comfortable coming to the altar, you're welcome. This altar is open. If you're not comfortable, then you can just do that right at your seat. And I mean not comfortable, not in a spiritual sense, but in, in other words, I, you know, I, I, I'm not safety-wise comfortable. It's never comfortable to come to an altar spiritually. So there's a difference I'm saying. If you're safety reasons, you don't feel comfortable, that's one thing. But just because you feel a little uncomfortable in your spirit, I want you to realize that's not an excuse. God wants to do something in your life that's real. So I want us, if we would, all over this building, in respect for those around us, to bow our heads, close our eyes for just a moment. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you later and say, why did you raise your hand? But today, if this is spoken to you and you're saying, Pastor, I need the, I need the indwelling of the Spirit in my life. He's been with me, but I need Him in me. I want you just to raise your hand and put it right back down. Come on. There's some others. I want it in me. I got to have it in me. If that's you... Some have, I'm going to give you another time for that. Just raise your hand, put it right back down. Now, if you're in this room right now and you say, I, I, I have him in me, but I felt cut off lately. I felt like there's a dam there. I felt like that, that there's something blocking the river flowing through my mind and my heart. And I don't have that love and joy and peace. I don't have that gentleness and long-suffering pastor. I don't have discernment. Lord, I, I, I know the gifts aren't operating because the fruit, I don't feel it present in my life. It's time for me to unblock the river today. It's time for God to take away what's... The, and, and I know that comes through repentance. And, and pastor, I'm ready to repent. I'm ready for the river of God to flow in my life again. I'm ready for the Spirit of God to flow freely in me again. And, and, that, and that's me. If that's you, I want you just to slip your hand up right now. And I want you to say, that's me. Thank you. Then I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you, if you are, are, are comfortable safety-wise, to come. To come to this altar. Don't wait on somebody else. If you really want it, come get it today. It comes through repentance. It comes through saying, God, come into my life. Come into my life and take away what's blocking your spirit out of my life. Take away my... I'm ready for the freedom of the spirit. I'm ready for the power and the presence of the spirit to be in me again. I can't walk through this life without it. I don't want to walk through this life without it. I need you to come and remove the roadblocks. To remove the things in my life that are hindering me from experiencing you like never before. Amen. 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 
Amen. Come on, let's pray all over this building. If you're not comfortable coming to the altar, then you pray right where you're at. But pray, pray, pray. Seek God right now. And I'm here to tell you, you say, how do I pray, Pastor? It's a simple prayer. Lord, I repent. Lord, I give you, and you fill in the blanks of the things you need to repent of. You say, God, I, I repent of not putting you first. I repent. And you just fill in the blanks. You know what's in your heart. You know what the Spirit's bringing to your thoughts right now that are not pleasing to Him. And you just say, God, I give it to you because I want the Spirit of God to dwell and flow in my life. Amen. Once again, we thank you for worshiping with us today. We would love to hear from you. If you were touched in any way by today's message, please let us know. You can find out more about us and even support our ministry with an offering at tryinghwc.com. Thank you again for listening and worshiping.